Thank you for pressing play on today's podcast episode. This is a subscriber episode that we have unlocked for you over the holiday period. If you are someone who listens to the podcast often, you rarely miss an episode and you're not yet a subscriber, come on over, join on in. You will get all episodes ad free which for me is a big thing. I know when I'm listening to the podcasts I subscribe to, I love that I can put my AirPods in and I do not have to go back and touch anything on my phone to skip ads. And I just feel really good about supporting the creators that I genuinely like and look forward to their episodes. So if you enjoy the I Am podcast, come on over, sign up for the cost of less than a cup of coffee per month, not only do you get those episodes ad-free, you also get a bonus episode every single week. And let me tell you, some of those bonus episodes are like behind a wall for a reason. (laughs) There are episodes that I just feel so much more comfortable having and keeping for those people that are exclusively signed up and want that extra content. And this is one of those episodes. This is a conversation that my mum joined me for, for the podcast, and she doesn't hold back. I was really grateful to my mum for joining me for this episode, and I hope that you enjoy getting to hear all of the dirt that she's going to dish in our conversation. If you're not a subscriber, come on over, sign up. I hope you're enjoying your holiday period and spending it with your loved ones. If you are someone who finds the holiday period really tricky, Just know that you're not alone and I hope it passes quickly for you and you can find some moments of enjoyment and peace for yourself as well. All right, let's get into this conversation with my mum. Just quickly, a word from today's sponsors. Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members. In that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to today's podcast episode. My mum is joining me and we're going to go through some rapid fire questions. Let's get straight into it. Okay. What sort of a baby was I? You were a really easy baby. Did that extend through to toddlerhood? Yep. What do you remember about me as a toddler? You were just quiet and easy. You just you just went with the flow, really. You were... Yeah, you were the easy one. And what about during primary school? 
you you liked primary school most of the time. I think grade six was tough for you when girls start to get hormonal. You were a little bit anxious. You didn't really like being, you were probably the hardest one to do drop-offs with at like kindy, um, childcare. But I think school, you were pretty, you were pretty good. You just went with it. What do you remember about me during those primary school years in terms of hobbies or interests? You always liked to dance. So you did dancing, you went to squad, you did swimming, you played t-ball, softball for a while. You Did you even have a go at netball? I can't no, remember. I that wasn't you in netball? No. One of you did. I can't remember which one. So you were you were quite active. You like to you like to get into do sport and things, but not that we were a really sporting family. <laughs> and what about as a teenager? You were very outgoing as a teenager. Do you think? Yes, really? because you had lots of friends. Like, are we talking like grade eight? Anytime. Yeah, I thought you were a really outgoing teenager and your friends were important and you were into the dancing and the acting. You did a few little acting stints. That I guess I feel like I, that I kind of had two zones. There was this performance side of things yes. that I loved to dance and I would get on stage and like I could flick a switch and be someone on stage but then I also felt like a lot of the times I was very anxious. Like I was anxious at high school. There were lots of times I didn't want to go to school. And I felt like at school I went under the radar. But then outside of school I was quite like a lot more confident. Yes. I think you're dancing at that time. I can't even remember. I, know, I remember who you danced with. But I can't really remember how that all came about. But you definitely seem to really enjoy doing that. Like I don't feel like I was a dance mum who went, you have to go and do this. But, yeah, I felt like you were really engaged in your friendships. Yeah, I definitely was engaged in my friendships, Mm. but I wouldn't have described myself as outgoing. Really? Yeah. But that's, I guess, part of it, right? Like, because you only know your own inner world and stuff. Um, As a teenager, what do you remember when it comes to boys? Oh. (laughs) Actually, wait, who do you think was my first kiss? Um, Oh, the boy in great, like, oh, what's his name? Chris. Chris. Can I say Chris? Can we say names? Yeah, I think so. His teacher was... His mum was a teacher and he sent you the Valentine. I know that you were That Chris was the older one. Nat was the brother and I was in grade three. That was my first kiss. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was thinking you were older. I was in grade oh, three. Your first kiss. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like you had Blair. but He was like your first serious boyfriend. Mm. I don't know. My first kiss was Brendan at camping. Oh, I forgot about Brendan. He was the football yeah. boy. You passed out at his house. Yeah. Yes. That's right. I've forgotten all about him. There were lots he of He was bees. another bee. Yes. 
Yes. Lots of bees. Lots of bees. You definitely had the most boyfriends or... Uh, out of the sisters, not out of anyone in the world. No, I mean out of the sisters. <laughs> I've forgotten all about... I can remember his nickname now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to say it because I don't know if we can. Mm. But, yeah, that's right. Yes, I forgot about him. Yeah. Yeah, boys were very interested in you. And I was very interested in boys. In boys, yes. Do you remember when I was 15 and I started dating someone who was 21? Yes. What was that like for you as a parent? Or did you not really, not that you didn't care, but for you, I feel like an age gap was almost normal. Yes. Yeah, I think, I think I really trusted you though. It wasn't like you were a... You, I didn't think you were going to go off and and make any huge mistakes. So I, I do think I trusted you. Yeah, I wasn't really that concerned about age gaps. I mean, I wouldn't have wanted you to come home with a 42-year-old man. <laughs> 15, 21 seemed okay. Yeah, probably wasn't good, hey. I always remember feeling like you saw the best in anyone so there were times when I like like I remember bringing home a guy who was covered in tattoos and we're not talking about the currently tattooed partner but this guy that I was like I don't I use the term dating I guess now like I wasn't sleeping with him I was only 17 or 18 and he was covered in tattoos like the palms of his hands the sole of his feet from hairline to the bottom of his feet just dripping in tattoos. Was yeah. That confronting. But I remember you being like, oh, no, he is handsome. He does kind of look like a Calvin Klein model. I just thought, I, you're right. I do try to see the best in people. And I, I've always believed you don't judge a book by their cover. And I guess, too, we had Uncle Gary who was tattooed and, you know, looked like a bikey and he was a good person. So I still believe that. I still, you don't judge people. So, and I remember you saying to me when you broke it off, can you imagine him? He doesn't drive and imagine having kids with him. He'd have to take the kids to school on the bus. <laughs> like that was when you told me you were breaking up with him. He I was, remember that. Don't I you? Believe, no, but I believe you. Yeah. So, yes, I, I never really judged. Um, yeah, I didn't, I, I still wouldn't judge anyone how they looked it's more about how and I mean you were quite feisty like if I had have said to you you can't see him and I think that was our your father and I thought you're better to go with something and let you work it out yourself than say no 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 because you're just going to go and do it behind our back yeah there was never any pushback like you know when I said to you oh I'm interested or I've started to date or so-and-so is my boyfriend and he's 21 or so-and-so is my boyfriend and he's covered in tattoos. Like there was never any pushback from you guys in terms of absolutely not, not over my dead body. No. Like there was a lot of freedom for us to just work Yes, out. except for when your younger sister had that that one that and you, you worked out at lunchtime that he was way older. Remember? Can you remember that? No. Maybe we'll need to talk about that for another time. But I think you asked a question. We thought he was a certain age and then he said something and you went, okay, but if you work there, then you need to be this age. And oh, it I was a real. Oh, uh, we'll have a chat about it later. Okay. But 
that one I really did put my foot down because it was a different dynamic. And I I feel like you were pretty – I knew I had trust in the fact that you weren't going to go off and get yourself caught up with a terrible person. You trusted my judgment at a young age? Yes. Yeah, because I think you were pretty – you were pretty switched on. Like I don't think you would have – yeah, I don't think you were going to go and hook up with some sort of a heroin addict down at the, you know, you just wouldn't have because you had, you had nice friends. Yeah, that all makes sense. Yeah. And also I think my first proper boyfriend who you mentioned before was like a brilliant first love. Absolutely. And we knew his parents and we had chatted about contraception and all of those things and he was very respectful and it was a safe i felt like you were in a safe relationship with him for yes. a, yeah for a first boyfriend yeah, yeah so do i like when i reflect on things because i'm always reflecting and probably too introspective i'm always very grateful that that first relationship for me that felt like my first love like I say, love in quotes, because how in love can you be at that age? But yeah, it felt like a very safe, respectful, mutual, loving relationship in a very wholesome way. And I've always been very grateful that that was kind of my entry into relationships. And your entry into dating bees. Oh no, you had a baby. So many bees. <laughs> so many bees. I wonder what that is. Brendan, Brant, Brent. Who else? Blake. Blake. Blair. Blair. <laughs> There's been a few bees along the way. <laughs> First kiss was a Brendan, now back with a Brendan. Um, what about Mullet? Oh, Mullet. Gosh, don't we love him? He was a sweetheart. So growing up, the area that we lived in, a couple of streets behind us, I had a best friend, Mullet, um, and he was just felt like part of the family. I can't think of my up, like my teenage years and not think about Mullet you know, creeping in the window or yes. turning up in his drinking slippers. and Came down the, the – arrived one day with a wheelchair. Oh, Do you remember he arrived so, with a wheelchair? Yeah, I was saying the other day he had a wheelchair and he used to flip it over in front of cars to try and get them to stop and help <laughs> him get back into his wheelchair. Just a prank. He was always so much fun. And we did going. think that you would probably maybe end up getting together, but you never did. No. But remember the time he, he snuck in and your dad woke up and found him in the bathroom with your sister needing a Band-Aid apparently. I think dad kicked him out and, yeah. He was the only boy that was actually allowed to sleep in my bedroom. Yes, yeah, yeah he was, with the door open. Yes. What did you think that I would be like as an adult? Like when I was a teenager, did you sort of forecast and think, oh, she's going to grow up and be this way or that way? I didn't really think I thought you'd probably stay with air hostessing and of course at that time too kids weren't on the agenda for you because well you weren't sure that you could actually have kids so I didn't really start thinking about you as a mum until the surprise announcement um so yeah I thought you'd probably continue to do your air hostessing and then when you left that I think you went on to work for Model Co. Yeah, I just I just knew you'd do something amazing but not as amazing as what you're doing. I couldn't imagine you doing this job, but I guess that didn't exist then, did it? Like, No, yeah. I remember being, I'm still amazed that you can set up companies and do what you do. When I became a flight attendant, was I my most insufferable? 
No. Really? No. I, I that time and I'm like, I think I was quite high on my own supply of being like, oh, I'm a flight attendant and I wanted to wear my uniform everywhere and I loved doing my makeup and I thought that I was so important. I didn't. You're like, get, that wasn't the most insufferable, <laughs> but it was insufferable. I didn't think any of you, I don't think any of you was insufferable when you were growing up. You know, I think you were insufferable for a while there after you had the boys. Really? Yes, because you became this this routine person that <laughs> you will come visit at this time. You will leave at this time. I yeah, I don't think any of the jobs you did made you insufferable. The most insufferable thing for me when you were doing hairdressing was you wouldn't wear proper shoes. So that was one. Yeah, you wanted me to wear homey pants. Yes, that was the biggest issue. I was only talking to a patient about that the other day, saying, my girls, you know, two of them were hairdressers and they still to this day don't wear the most proper shoes. (laughs) What was it like for you when I was experiencing an eating disorder? Awful. That That was probably the most insufferable. It was awful. It's so hard because you don't know how to fix it and... And I remember your father would say, just make her eat something. And I can remember him turning up to hospital with a Nenish tart <laughs> and just being like, just eat. That's probably not going to fix it, Dad. I can remember one night, I don't know if you remember, but you were so, it was when you were going through the binging and you, and you said, Mum, I just can't binge. And I said, well, I'll sit outside your bedroom door. You stay inside and, and I'll sit outside your bedroom door. And I won't let you binge. And, like, I had no idea how to manage that. And it wasn't until you went to hospital that we really got what needed to happen. But I never thought of you as broken or anything. I just – and if we if we could go through an eating disorder now with all the knowledge we have, I think we'd handle it a lot better. But I think, to you, as a parent, you just – Want to, you want it to get better, but you don't know how to. And I can remember clearly when you were, you'd moved out of home, you were living with one of the bees. <laughs> and I hadn't seen you, it was winter. And so every time I'd come down to visit, you were in a big jumper. And then we came down, I think it was Father's Day, and you were in a dress and there was nothing of you. That's and when it got really Yes, bad. and that's when you had to move home. And I remember, like, leaving that day and just going, she is not well. Like, she is not well because – and you'd hidden it. Like, and I don't know how – because you were always in a big jumper, but that was the shock for me. It was like – and I can remember driving home, talking to your dad and going, she's not well. And he's like, she's fine, she's fine. Like, you know, she's just tiny. Um, yeah, so that was – Yeah, that was the scary stuff. But I also did know that you would rise above it. You'd get better. I think it was really hard too because it was hard to disentangle depression from an eating disorder. I can remember our doctor saying to us, saying to me, you know, I think you're depressed and you need to take antidepressants. But then I remember at least being cognizant enough to have the thought, I'm not depressed, I'm starving myself. Yes, you knew. And I think it was hard because I was able to hide some of the disordered eating, the eating disorder because I was living away from everyone. Mm. The, like no one was really aware of the extent of me weighing strawberries and the extent of me weighing the milk that would go into my black tea. Like no one really saw that stuff to understand how bad it was, I think, at the start. 
Yes, yeah, 100%. And it's it's really hard because I think, like, I was always fairly conscious of calories and, and what I ate and I come from a family that can put on weight fairly easily. So my mum was big for a lot of my life and I certainly um, was quite conscious of that. But, I mean, I still have a sweet tooth and I still will eat a lot of rubbish. But I always exercised and... Yeah, I don't think that my eating disorder stemmed from your eating behaviours in any way because whilst, yes, I I sit back and I can go, I I know growing up you were often following a Weight Watchers plan or your points and you talk about going to the gym and that sort of stuff. Like that did exist. But at the same time, dad would always bring you second helpings of everything and you would just eat it. You know, like you were never like, oh, I'm not going to have it. You were like, I probably shouldn't have this Tim Tam. So maybe in some way that did shape, of course, in some way it shaped my thinking. But for me, it was definitely much more about the control. Yes. Yeah. And I can even remember you saying to me, I think you have an eating disorder. And I would say, no, I don't have an eating disorder. I have order. Like I can remember that was my way of thinking of this isn't disorganized. I have order. I know what I'm going to eat at what time and how and all of that stuff. I can remember though you saying to me that you were living with, can we say his name? Yeah. Another, Brent. Yeah. And he asked you to start keeping track of his calories and that's when you felt like Oh, really, I remember that. Yeah, because he was wanting you to you, – he said to you, can you start counting my calories for me? That's that's what you told me. Mm. And so then I was able to get angry at him more like, why did he get you to do that? And you were working out his calories and then you became obsessed with working out calories. Oh, I was so obsessed with working mm. out calories. I was just telling Brendan the other day, I can remember being on flights and I would read from cover to cover the Calorie King book. Yes. Because it was before iPhones. Yes. So I would just take the book and I would be like, oh my gosh, a piece of cheesecake is this amount of calories. And I would just clock every single thing and I became so obsessed with the caloric value of all foods. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to memories of me growing up, what are some things that stick out in your mind? I think out of the three of you, you were the easiest, the most anxious, most compliant, the nicest in some ways. Like I know that like with my sisters, if they wanted a piercing and you guys said no, they would just get it. Yes. Whereas I desperately wanted my belly button pierced, but dad said no. So there was no way in hell I was doing it. Yeah. So you, yeah, you were. I wanted approval probably more than they yes, did. You, you pushed back less as I'm talking like from, from tiny to before, you know, 15 maybe. I think you pushed back less, but then I think after 15, you started to push back a lot more. Um, so definitely, yeah, you were the one that you you could rely on that you would behave when you took you out. You weren't the one that's going to have a meltdown. You were, all, yeah, you were the one that was fairly reliable as in, yeah, I don't have to worry what's going to happen here. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When I think of memories growing up, I think of like going to the horse races and that kind of era, Melbourne Cup and stuff when we got older and... Like I can just remember being out and about with you when you were still so young because there's yes. only like 20 years between us. Yes. And those are the things that I remember a lot. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And you yeah. were also always available. Like if I was out and at a party and the police came or <laughs> something was happening and we were running through a field out dying somewhere, I always knew that I could call you. And even beyond that, like 18, 19, 20 if I was out on a night out and something went awry, I always knew that I could ring and you'd come and get us. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that that's that goes for your dad as well. Like we just that was what we wanted to do because we wanted. And I can remember a friend of mine saying to me, "You know, they're going to they're going to go and have sex, so make sure it's safe. Like make sure they're in a safe place rather than." them having to sneak out and go to a field or something like who wants that to be I definitely feel like we grew up in the sort of household where we could have open conversations like it was nothing to talk about our periods in front of dad it was nothing to be like engaging in conversations about drinking or you know we'd say to you oh so and so hooked up at the party and like we would be quite open in our dialogue yeah yeah I think so yeah In terms of nowadays, what did you think when you first met Brendan? I saw we met at a coffee shop and Brendan was walking. He had his baseball um, outfit on, outfit, costume. Tight pants, uniform. Uniform. <laughs> costume. <laughs> and I felt like when I saw you walking towards me that he was like, I'm here to look after Kylie and don't you mess with me. Like I'm not someone to be messed with. But then as soon as I met him, I realized he was just lovely. Like I instantly felt like he was lovely. And as I've gotten to know him, I think he's just the best stepdad. And I know how much he loves the boys, which is really important as a grandma. You just want the person that you, that your grandkids are interacting with to be great. So I never looked at him and went, oh, my God, he's got all those tattoos. What's she thinking? Like, never. Well, no, back to being a teenager and bringing home a heavily tattooed and mohawked boy. I knew you were fine with that. That was never a concern of mine. And what about in terms of strengths and weaknesses over the span of my life? Like, what would you say are my weaknesses? Sensitivity. not I think you're much more sure of yourself now but not being sure of yourself but still like you were petrified to become an air hostess but you still did it um I was petrified of the study yes same as me I'm I'm due to have assessments at work and as the minute I'm having an exam I can't I just can't do it I've never liked exams can't do it um so we're still on weaknesses yeah. Yeah, I think just your anxieties. I definitely agree with sensitivity and rejection sensitivity. Like the moment yeah. that I think someone 
doesn't like me, I just withdraw and I find it very hard to get over that. I'm the same. Which is why I think you have ADHD as well. Mm, Very possibly. The more I observe you, especially (laughs) when you come in with your freaking trolley and your bag and then you you bend over to put something in your bag and you spill your coffee and then your necklace falls off and then you pick your keys up and then you're like, where are my keys? It's not like that. (laughs) Let's living on an island. You've got to be able to carry stuff. Um... Aren't we talking about you? <laughs> Weaknesses? Um, people pleasing. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think people pleasing, which is me as well. And your strengths are, wow, there's so many strengths. You're... Much like in our other episode where when I said to you, what did you like about parenting? You're like so many things. And then a tumble no, and because through. you have learned to be... No, you're, you've learned to be a really strong, independent woman. Um, and we used to joke about that, strong, independent woman in a maxi dress. Um, but I think you really are. I think you've come so far with knowing yourself and, and you are now, you're so much further than me because you're so ready to speak your truth and this is, this is the way you're going to do it. And you don't, you don't care. Well, it's not that you don't care, but you're, you have enough self-confidence to speak your truth and be the woman that you want to be or need to be. So I think you are, I think your strengths are really shining through now. And you're not afraid to speak up about what you're passionate about, regardless of whether people like it or not what similarities do you think you and I have other than the ADHD ADHD. (laughs) definitely inattentive type ADHD you definitely have I have to go and talk to doctor about it yeah um oh we're both people pleasers we both have anxiety we both question ourselves a lot we stuck <laughs> and that's where I draw the line. Uh, yeah, I think I think we both want to be really good people and good good mums. We both want to be good mums. Um, you as a parent are knocking it out of the park, I think. Like you are really good mum and you'll just go bend over backwards to do whatever those boys need and that's amazing nice of you to say thank you is there anything else that you think is worth touching on for this episode any inside scoops anything that you think is fascinating I just think I think I never imagined that you would be sitting here being so open and honest. I think if we rolled back 10 years ago, I just feel like you've, you're losing your, I don't, I don't want to use the word fakeness. Facade. Facade. Oh, that's I the word. I think. Yeah. And you and I have had these conversations where I think, you know, in my 20s especially, 
choosing a partner that was very similar to dad in a lot of ways, like because that's what we do, we repeat what's familiar, what's comfortable in that way. I think I always felt like I had to be, you know, and you've mentioned it, you've said multiple times that I was the easy child, the most compliant child, and I felt I had to be that to be valuable and receive love. So then I've chosen relationships where it's like be easy, be compliant because that's comfortable, that's what I know. And I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to be as perfect as possible so that I felt as loved as possible. Like, oh, you know, that you have the perfect everything on paper and it's not until you have the perfect everything on paper and you realise, oh, my gosh, I don't know who I am or what I'm mm. doing mm. and it starts to dissolve that you do get that opportunity, I think, to go, do I want to keep this facade on or do I want to let it go? Yeah, and that's so hard to do and it's so brave. It's so brave to step out of that and and – and especially what you do. I mean, you get on these podcasts and you tell the, you tell your truth all the time. And There's you don't more truths I wish I could tell. Yeah, and you don't, <laughs> but you also don't you're at the point where you don't need to apologize for being your authentic self. And I think and think that that's really brave. So I actually would say one of your strengths is that you are really brave. Really brave. And you used to say all the time, you can do hard things. I remember that. And I say that to myself now, you can do hard things. And you've certainly been saying that to me recently. Like, yeah, I think you have found without anyone else's help other than like therapy, you've found a way to just navigate your world really well. Well, thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate your candor and your honesty, and you'll have to come back again soon. Okay. <laughs> you traumatized? Um, a little bit. There's just I, like, a little bit. I guess you think about we did we, we did this very impromptu. Yes. So there's so many things that if I sat down and journaled, I'm sure that I could come up with, but I didn't have time to do that. Are there any moments that you remember me being a real nightmare as a teenager? Yes. When? The night that we were talking about last night and picked you up from a party and you had this guy and you go, he's just going to come and sleep over. And I'm like, over my dead body. You would have been fine. You just knew that dad wouldn't have been fine. Maybe. No, I remember thinking no because your sister, I think you were 15. No, do you know what? I actually remember it was after a night at Fisho's on the Gold Coast and Michael West drove us home and that guy Tim came inside and I came in and said to you, I've brought someone home and I wasn't planning on having sex with him. And you were like straight out of bed and you're like, Tim, I'm sorry, but I've got to drive you home. Yes, but that was a different one. There was one I picked up from a party. Really? Yes. And I can remember because we were driving along <laughs> Redland Bay, Cleveland Road, and you were in the back seat and you're going, he is coming home. And I'm like, he is not. And I don't know where I don't know who it was, but yes, I remember the, that Michael West and I and I did drive him home, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, we dropped him back to yeah. Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. No, maybe that was the night, and then you were going off at me driving him back. Maybe that was what it was. Yeah, because I don't remember someone from a party, but I remember this no. guy Tim, and I was like, "You can stay at mine. My mum is so cool. It will be so fine." And I honestly <laughs> thought it would be because I'm like, the door will be open. It's already one a.m. Like in my mind, like I wasn't bringing him home to have sex with him. 
but I was just like, oh, you can stay at mine. And because he was good friends with Michael and you loved Michael so much, in my mind, it all made sense. But I must have known because I snuck in and said to you, Psst. Yes. Just letting you know, don't let dad and come in. And then you point. came with me back and we took him home and it was after we dropped him off and you were just yelling and carrying on all the way home in the car. That makes sense. Like you are the worst mother ever <clears throat> and I hate you and why wouldn't you let him stay and why don't you trust me? And I think I remember saying things like, well, you know, your younger sister is only this age and we don't know him and we can't have people in the house we <laughs> don't know. All of the know. reasonable things. <laughs> yeah, all of the reasonable things. Yeah. I was, yeah. but that was the worst thing. Um, as a teenager, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, <laughs> maybe we can do a maybe I can do some research and get back to you with all the terrible things you've done. <laughs> Go and check in your notebooks. All right, let's wrap it up. We'll get these kids into. The I'm pool. tired. Yeah, same. All right, well, thank you. I appreciate it. No worries. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast episode. If you want more of the I Am podcast in your ears, make sure you become a podcast subscriber. It is really, really simple to do. All of the details are in the show notes. For the cost, actually less than the cost of a cup of coffee per month, you will receive access to exclusive podcast episodes. That's right. You'll get a bonus episode every single week that you will not hear anywhere else. And to be honest with you, I really am sharing a lot more over in those exclusive episodes. It feels like a really safe zone for me. So make sure you check out the subscription offers that we do have available for that exclusive content. And perhaps best of all, all of the episodes will be ad free. So if you feel good about supporting a female-founded, female-led business, check out the subscription offerings available and become a podcast supporter today. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjalung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.